Luke James Schaefer. How are you doing today, sir? Doing so well, Ben. Thanks so much for inviting me on. How are you? I'm all good. Now, the first question I need to ask you is, is how do you pronounce your last name? Is it Schaefer or Schaefer? So, great question. I um, have struggled with this my whole life, but <laughs> I didn't realize kind of how much of an issue it would be until we moved to the UK. <laughs> because we uh, we go make reservations anywhere, and I just tell them it's Schaefer because that's what it looks like. But it has always been pronounced Schaefer where I'm from. So... I need to put the line above the A from now on, see if that works. And it does help the three name thing, because most people have the two name thing. It can be individuality things. Well, I went by, I went by as a musician, I went by Luke James for a really long time. Um, but then there's, there's an R&B artist that came out that got kind of famous. His name is Luke James. And so every time someone looked, looked up my name, they would find this guy. And so I decided to add on my last name. I've been doing it ever since, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So how did you find music, or how did music find you? Uh, how did music, how did I find it? Uh, it started way back, way back. Um, I have four brothers, and one of my youngest brothers was better at the guitar than I was. So I decided I should be better than him, as he was my younger brother. So I started playing guitar. And um, ever since then, I kind of fell in love with it. But I started late. I was like 18 when I started playing guitar. And um, yeah, but I, I blame it all on him. That's the reason <laughs> I chose this career. <laughs> and my mother. My mother helped along the way as well. That's cool. Weirdly enough, I have uh, an older half-brother who's uh, 13 years older than me. Um, and so he started playing guitar in the teenage years and so um whether or not it just happened because i was interested or whether or not i just saw it and i was like what's this thing and he's quite a big guy he's an army bloke and then there's just five-year-old me trying to like get my hand over the fretboard right, right. those pictures <laughs> somewhere and very quickly i became a lot better than him. <laughs> i really love that yeah, yeah yeah and i'm pretty sure he, he still has that guitar so then was it just like a snowball effect yeah, exactly. of, of you picked it up, you started like learning and went from there? Yeah, it was sort of, uh, I played a couple chords and I started enjoying it and I started writing within the first couple months, uh, like my own songs and I just liked that. I didn't realize until uh, college years, university, that I could um, actually start getting paid for a little bit. And so that's part of the reason I was drawn to it as well. And I started playing at pubs and bars and stuff. And um, yeah, I mean, I decided to do it full time maybe seven or eight years later. And I've been doing it full time after that. Like after uni, I finished up whatever. And I haven't used my college degree at all, but <laughs> I have one. <laughs> and um, yeah, I uh, sort of fell in love with it. And I've, I've kind of fallen more in love with it all every year. So. It's, it's changed the, the, the different areas I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with. But, yeah, yeah. Cool. So did you do anything musical at college? Uh, no, I was in, in college or university. I didn't do any music. I wish I would have because I'm completely self-taught. And so, like, I'm kind of, as far as, you know, music theory goes, I'm kind of daft. Yeah. So what do you do? <laughs> Figure it out as we go, man. Yeah, yeah. 
Very much so, because I had lessons when I like first died because my parents were like, in order to get good, you need to like have someone teach you to do stuff. And then I, I like one school term of um, lessons with a guitar teacher, and because I'm left-handed, he he taught me to play right-handed, which oh, wow. was a whole yeah, it was one of those things because one, I didn't know that guitars were mainly built for like you know right-handed learners. Yeah, though luckily my guitar teacher was also left-handed but played right-handed at the same time. Oh, nice. So it actually worked quite well. And But then I then discovered the internet and ultimateguitar.com yeah. and YouTube. It's like, yeah, I don't really need lessons because I can just read chords above lyrics. Yeah, YouTube is so helpful, man. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. Well, that's how I discovered you. That's... Right. Well, it's good for a lot of things. <laughs> Absolutely. Um so you mentioned um, that you were uh, gigging in different places across the US, like New York and everything. So I guess, did you start gigging from where you're like originally from? Because where are you originally from? So um, Midwest America, it's a state called Ohio. I'm from Northwest Ohio, uh, about four hours south of Chicago, uh, but right on Lake Erie. So we're about a little less than an hour from the lake. But that's where I started playing gigs in Toledo, Ohio, and Bowling Green. And I moved to New York City after university. And I played some there, but I mostly just waited tables there. Because <laughs> that's how you can pay rent. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So played a, played a bunch of bars and pubs and things like that. And then put together a band. I, after two years in New York, I moved back to Ohio. And I started doing music full time after that because I was able to get uh, more gigs in Ohio, essentially, because there's more places that'll pay you to play. Um, and yeah, met my wife around the same time, and we left Ohio a couple years later, and we were in D.C. for almost 10 years, and that's where I was in another band and like played weddings and corporate events and more bars. But yeah, I've been doing it. I've been doing it for a while. It's fun stuff. A lot of stories. Okay, well, since you mentioned that, give me some... More of this memorable uh, gigs you remember, just out of pure curiosity on my behalf. Well, so in Ohio, there's a small island in Lake Erie called Putin Bay, and it's kind of a like a party island. So um, some of the memories I have uh, playing up there, I would only play in one spot, and it was like a huge tiki hut, and they have like the stage up behind the bar, so you're like standing at like everyone's face level or something like that and so like the whole day everyone's just drinking and it's just wild it doesn't matter what you play they're going to yell at you to play you know sweet caroline or something and then um this one time there was a guy and he wrinkled up a bill and he threw it up on stage because you, you couldn't get to the stage but he threw up a, like a, a bill and I, I looked at it, it was a hundred dollar bill and i'm like wow that's a great tip for uh from this random stranger I've never met, but he did it again a couple minutes later with another $100 bill. And he's like, you sound great, man. And then I found out that he had won the lottery <laughs> and he was just, he was just throwing away money um, up in Putin Bay. Let's, I mean, I feel like that's pretty typical. If you win the lottery, you don't end up spending it correctly all the time, but just a little things like that, little stories there was fun. Um, and so then, you ended up getting in New York as well, and New York is just a different kettle of fish. So, was there a difference between us gigging to around Ohio and New York? Yeah, New York was um, 
uh, a lot different than Ohio. I mean, I didn't start playing right away just because you can't just do that. And I, the gigs I did play were uh, like original shows that you had to like find people to come to and stuff like that. And uh, that's, you know, part of the reason New York, uh, is, I, as far as like a musician, a, a struggling, struggling musician or whatever, that's part of the reason I feel like a lot of people leave is because there's not really venues that will uh, just pay you to play kind of a thing. You always have to pay to yeah. play kind of. Okay. So you're not necessarily money out of your own pocket, but you have to find people that are willing to give money to the venue in order for you to come or sell tickets or buy tickets from you. And then you go and I didn't do, I didn't do a ton of, I just, you know, worked on writing and, and played a few, like a few gigs here and there. Um, yeah. New York, New York's great. I love New York. I just, as a musician, I, after moving back home to Ohio after New York and then back to DC, I started playing up in New York for these corporate events and weddings and stuff far more often than I did when I lived there, which was really funny. Um, but you just need to know the right people, I guess. <laughs> Have an agent, someone who will book you. Okay. So, okay. So for some bars, you'd need to pay them to let you play because I didn't even know that was a thing. So it's not that direct. It's more like um, it's called pay to play and it's not necessarily you, you give them money and then they'll let you play. It's like if you can get 10 people to come, you can play something like that. So if, if you can find a group of people that are willing to pay money to come, then you can be up and play some music. Um, it wasn't, um, it wasn't great. Also, I didn't have a ton of friends in New York, so it was kind of hard to find people to uh, come to shows like in the middle of a, like in the middle of the yeah. week. <laughs> it's some random bar on on the west side. It's weird. And just find ten random people just uh, on the street outside. So I typed your name into YouTube and found a quite a grainy video of you on American Idol. Yeah, that's an old video. <laughs> yeah, um, thirteen years old from what YouTube said. That lines up, yeah. How did that um, uh, come about? Yeah, yeah, I auditioned for uh, Idol like three times in three years. And um, first time I was still in Ohio and I didn't make it. The next year I was in New York and I auditioned in Boston. And I think that's the audition video. And um, I, um, yeah, I made it to Hollywood and, you know, I got to be singing in front of the judges and stuff and it was cool and made like the um, I guess top 40 people so it was right before the cut to be on the actual show um, and so the next year I got a call from the producers to try out again so I did and I made it again I made it out to Hollywood and I made it to like the top 40 or 50 again and then I got cut so um, American Idol was part of the reason I left New York because they kind of once you make it past a certain uh, round or whatever, as far as the auditions go, you'll you'll get asked to be available, and they don't know when they're gonna call you. So I had to kind of put my job on hold in New York, and I was like, well, I can't pay rent, so I'm gonna get out of this yeah. place. And then I moved home to just hang out until I, you know, see family and friends and stuff. And then I went out to New York or went out to LA and uh, was out there for I don't know, I think it was like a week or two. Um, doing more rounds and stuff, and then um, I got cut. The like the last, the last again, the last round before live, the live stuff. It was uh, 
pretty frustrating. So I just did an audition again. <laughs> um, but it was fun. It was a good experience. I met some cool people. And yeah, I got to go to LA for free. It's probably worth just going to LA for free because over here we don't have anything. Well, we used to with the X Factor, but that's something different. Um, so with the round, was that uh, given a song to sing and then you get however many, a couple of hours to then practice that song with a couple of people or on your own and then just flung out in front of the judges at, at the time? Yeah, uh, some of the rounds, yeah. Again, it was 13 years ago, so it's a little, sure. it's a little grainy as well as the video uh, in my mind. Um, but uh, on a few of the rounds, yeah, you're given a list of songs to choose from. Mm -hmm. and you're not supposed to overlap with anybody so as soon as you pick a song like you kind of tell somebody and then um yeah i did we did like a group round with like uh with people like it's a round with like three other people or two other people or something like that yeah and so you pick a song yeah. and you practice it i think you get you get the whole day and then you either go that evening or the next morning or something or the next whatever but okay. yeah and you just met these people so you kind of have to make friends fast which was Kind of tough. Yeah, we're doing something like that. I guess it definitely like, tests your teamwork and characteristics you don't always think you have until you're actually in that situation. So, were you performing for Simon Cowell, who is the idol guy, or is that just because I'm so ingrained in the uh, UK, UK stuff? The UK, yeah. Uh, first time, the first time he was there, I auditioned. But he didn't. He didn't make it. I sang uh, a Maroon Five song. I sang Sunday Morning, and Sunday morning. the only thing Simon Cowell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he said, "I." He said, "I'm so sick of that song." And I'm like, "Oh, okay, great." <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, that that was the first time I didn't make it. But the next time he wasn't. No, the next time he was there. The third time I auditioned, he wasn't. He wasn't around anymore. But I'm trying to remember, Posh Spice was there. Oh, uh, Victoria Beckham. She was the guest judge, though. Yeah. Victoria. Oh, okay. And, um... L.A. Reid or, like, Randy Jackson? It's enough for me, dog. Yeah, Randy Jackson. I'm trying to think. Ellen DeGeneres was on one of the one of the years. So she oh, was nice. there. Um, As a Aerosmith guest judge. Aerosmith singer. Uh, I think Steve Ellen Tyler. was on. Yeah, Steven Tyler. Uh, but they, yeah... I'm trying to remember i can't they're all blending together the ones that i actually sang for so like i can't remember yeah yeah who, which years which years <laughs> it was but i do remember so you did american idol obviously that that was 13 years ago how long was the gap between like doing that and then like dotting your youtube career i mean i i think i've I had uploaded something by then but i never really thought about it because youtube was kind of kind of new um, I'm like, oh, you can just put yeah. cover songs up, whatever, let's just, yeah. So I did that a couple of times, but I didn't really think much of it. I, I didn't, um, I didn't really start doing it like regularly until probably, man, uh, five years ago. So, so yeah, I, it was off and on and I would do it every once in a while. And then, you know, you know, YouTube was never like, you know, in my mind, uh, any sort of like I, it's just for fun it wasn't like it's not like yeah so like i still think of it as, as like just for fun and that's you know that's why most of the reason i do it um youtube's great though i know people make whole careers out of it so you just have to be have to be committed <laughs> it consistency 
originality and a bit of luck. Yeah. Your main YouTube stuff is looping. Yeah. So how did you discover looping? Was it finding a video online or finding out that they make these looper pedals? Yeah. Uh, well, I didn't know anything about looper pedals when I first discovered them. I, um, I didn't know they were a thing. I was like very excited. I basically wanted somebody to be able to sing harmonies with. Yeah. And I, I couldn't find anybody who was willing to like join or that could sing well, I guess. But I was like looking and I, uh, I was talking to a friend in, in Ohio, back in Ohio. And um, he mentioned an artist named Keller Williams. <clears throat> and Keller Williams does has he's like one of the first looping artists before there were loop pedals. He like made his own thing, I think. And he would play, you know, the bass, the guitar, he'd play drums, keys, and he'd do it all in like one setting, like everything's set up on like a big carpet <laughs> and he'd just be like running around playing things and then it was he's very funny. His stuff's his stuff's good. It's it's a little yeah. quirky, I guess, but um I saw his stuff, he showed me like he showed me a video of him or something and I'm like, wow, that's amazing. I didn't know this was uh, even possible. So I think I, I bought a looper not long after that, that one that had a microphone because yeah. I'm a, I'm a rhythm guitar player. I'm not a, I'm not a soloist. So like, I don't really need to be able to like solo over top of myself. So. Yeah, I made sure that's yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I just needed a, I needed to be able to loop a microphone and that's what I was looking at. And I used the Digitech Jam Man for very for a lot of years, um, and then I upgraded to the Boss. But yeah, no, I I just mess around with it. Looping is so much fun, and it's like one of those things. It's nice to be able to practice anytime you want and not have to worry about putting a band together. Um, love playing with a band. Don't get me wrong, but when you uh, you just at home and you're like, I just want to play guitar, and there's no so one you again. Looping yeah, and, and then um, when was the yeah. hmm, should I just put a YouTube video online and when did that click with you? That first thing I remember thinking about that was like how do I how do I record what's happening in my looper in into GarageBand or whatever it was and how do I make sure it sounds right and stuff that took a lot of trial and error but um, once I figured it out it was like okay this is this is it's literally oh, just a plug. I just right needed input. to get yeah, my focus right or whatever so that I could plug in. Yeah, yeah. I think it was in D.C. after we left Ohio. Oh, no, no, I was in Ohio. I don't I don't remember. It's so long ago. We just, I just started doing it for fun, man. It was doing it every, every once in a while, loop covers, and, and uh, none of them really – I don't really have, like, any viral videos in my mind, but um, a few have done well. A few have flopped completely, which is totally fine, but – it's like I said, it's just for fun. So yeah, it's just for fun. You're no on like 20,000 subs. I think that's yeah. pretty good. So you started your channel and then, and so then when did you see that? Okay. I'm actually gaining an audience and subscribers. But when did you realize, okay, this is actually turning into something? Yeah. I, I not very, not very long ago, like maybe four or five years ago. Like I said, like when I was in DC, I'm like, I was posting for a while irregularly and, um, yeah. yeah. I forget what video it was, but one got like 10,000 views yeah. or something, something like that. And I was like, wow, that's, uh, that's, yeah, it's a good amount. And I'm like, wow, that's, um, that's, that's unexpected. So, you know, little things like that would happen. And I'd be like, well, maybe I should put a little more effort into this, see what happens. And then YouTube started, I don't remember when they started being able to monetize your videos. So you're able to make 
uh, like a little bit of money off of advertising? I think if they were sold to Google in I think 2007, and then that's when like a couple of people were monetizing their videos at the time. And then I think it was mm -hmm. early 2010s, like 2011, 2012, when there was like, okay, you can actually earn money from doing this thing. Right. Not a lot. Well, <laughs> you, need, yeah. you need a lot of subscribers, videos, but you can earn some money. Yeah. It's doable. It's doable. Um, I mean, it's cool though, because you kind of, like I said, you do it for fun. And if um, you can make some money from it, that's really cool. But there's a, there's a word for that. Like, doing something you love and then being able to make money for it. And I forget, I forget what it is, but if it overlaps, it's like, if you can figure out that overlap, it's like one of the best feelings ever. Yeah. Well, there's a saying that if you do something you love for a job, then you never work a day in your life because then you don't treat your job as work. Yeah. yeah. That's all anyone wants to do. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't worked in over a decade, man. It's <laughs> a musician, man. <laughs> oh my God. And so then after that, an EP was born, the self-entitled, volume one was that as a result of the youtube stuff doing well or was that always the plan at some point to release original stuff so um that's not my first release i i kind of yeah that volume one was my first release kind of with some help essentially um so back in 2012 i released an album like with kickstarter and stuff like that so it's fan funded crowd crowd funded yeah, yeah. um mm -hmm. which was fun and I released an EP right after American Idol stuff because they showed me on television. So I'm like, I should have some original music out, you know. And I've, I've been writing, I've been writing for a long time. So, uh, but yeah, Volume One came about through. I mean, YouTube might have been part of it. I did some videos with a girl, and her and I got asked to form a duo and do like, uh, I don't know, write songs together for this this like up this kind of a startup label slash um, record studio. And they didn't, um, it didn't pan out with her, but they kept me around and we ended up writing a lot of stuff and I recorded that and they, I mean, they put a lot of money into it and it was really be able to, it was really fun to be able to kind of record without having to worry about the money aspect, which is like always a thing with musicians. Yeah. It's like, I want to go to a studio, but it's so expensive, which is part of the reason I've figured out how to record from home because mm. it's so much more cost effective. Get a lot more trial and error. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, Volume 1 came about through that. And uh, yeah, it was really, it was a good process. I Again, I got to write with some cool people. I got to work with some good producers and engineers and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, it's great. So then 2020 comes. And then obviously, well, that's a rhetorical question in the best sense ever. And from <laughs> speaking here, you are now based in London. Now, was that a a pandemic thing, or was that a life thing that happens, or how did you end up on on the other side of the planet? I would I would say it's a combination of pandemic and um, uh, life goals. Uh, my wife and I have always loved the idea of living somewhere abroad, but we didn't know where we could you know figure out visas and stuff like that. So with her company, um, she put her name in the hat many years ago and. It just finally worked out in the beginning of 2022. So, but she had, she had like shown interest and told people she was, you know, open to wherever, uh, maybe, maybe 2019, something like that. And so it took a little while and everything slowed down in 2020, obviously. But because of 2020, I was able to figure out how to uh, sort of make a living recording and working from home, um, which is 
all I make a second EP as well. Yeah, I record I record all my own stuff. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, I uh, that's the reason we were able to move too, is because I'm able to you know work from anywhere, which is great. Was London the the obvious choice to move to? How did you end up in London specifically? Well. <laughs> She, her company, it was it was her company. It was oh, okay. uh, it was either Nottingham or or London, and we chose London of the two. We like it. Yeah, we've been here about eight months, eight and a half months. Yeah. When you like first moved, what was um, yeah. the biggest culture shock you found from obviously living in the states compared to here? I mean, there's not a huge difference between Washington D.C. and London in my mind. Obviously, you drive on the other side of the road, <laughs> which is oh yeah. Is the weather much different? Is there the same amount of rain on, on a daily basis? No, I wouldn't say so. It's a it's a little grayer in London. Yeah, uh, the summer was similar. It was pretty hot this past summer. Is it? Yeah, it's pretty cloudy out here today. <laughs> Wake up and it's another great day in London. That means it's gonna be another great day in London. Well, we are on the way to. They call it summer, but yeah, it's a very loose term for the hot weather we get over here. Yeah. yeah, I think we can hit about like thirty-two on a good day, like, and that's like, oh my god, heat wave central, like. Yeah, <laughs> right. Endorse it. Well, so the south of England usually gets the hottest proportion of weather compared to the north. I don't know why. It's just the way the world works. I would guess it's usually a case of really really hot during the summer like in 2018 we had a literal heat wave of like 16 weeks 30 degrees everywhere it was crazy that's too hot yeah well you think that last summer i was in the state uh, working at a summer camp in florida yeah where it was like 32 degrees on, on like a regular day but then it was 37 38 <laughs> degrees over here and like the uk is physically not built to survive those years no there were roads where i lived that were like fizzling because <laughs> the tarmac was burning and there were fires everywhere which isn't very good no yeah it's not set up for it at all there's no there's no air con anywhere not to the same extent we just rely on windows most most of the time which is which is so much better for the environment absolutely it's... it gets hot it gets hot yeah. we were here in july yeah, yeah last year yeah oh yeah 40 in london Oh yeah. So yeah. it was, it was not comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> I know. There's me in Florida thinking 32 degrees, 40. I'm like, <laughs> okay, the UK is boiling. I'm like, I go away for one summer, and this is wow. That's really funny. <laughs> Hello. Just interrupting this episode to ask you a quick favor. If you like what you're listening to, give it a rating, leave a review, and subscribe to the podcast feed. It helps more than you could imagine. Now back to the episode. Yeah. Well, so back in the states, do you guys have buskers on the the streets yeah. like we do in London and in, in like Leicester yeah. Square and Trafalgar? And is it the same sort of thing, or is it slightly different? It's, it's similar. Um, I I don't know. I didn't busk in like I, I think there's you have to get a, like sort of a a busking license or something to. So I don't like quite know if it's the same thing in London because obviously it's a, it's a much bigger thing compared compared to where I'm from. You like, apply mm-hmm. to the local council who then give you like a permit, and that's, obviously they okay. charge money for that stuff. So, or if you're busking, you don't have a lot of money to give away. But uh, no, I, mean, exactly. I, I mean, yeah, that's what I would think. I uh, I know in New York it was similar. You had to get a permit of some sort to busk anywhere. Um, I've I've busked a few times just out of curiosity, and it's it's very nerve wracking. I I applaud any busker out there doing it all the time because it's not 
it's not for me. Um, but yeah, no, they, they have buskers in uh, DC, uh, that area, but they're not as common. It's usually like they're, they're street performers in every city. So that's kind of. There's the musical buskers, and then uh, during the summer, you get like circus buskers. It's amazing. It's, it's literally like the Edinburgh Fringe. It's amazing. Yeah, it's a variety. <laughs> it's true. We went up there last, uh, last August. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, jealous. I want to do that badly. Just do the entire month. But obviously, finding accommodation in Edinburgh in the, in the fringe is going to cost an arm and a leg. Yeah, it's a bit pricey. We didn't know, actually. We didn't know, Ben. We uh, we just found ourselves up there during it because we wanted to check out Edinburgh. But yeah, it, yeah. Didn't. <laughs> it ended up being during fringe and it was very busy. It was uh, yeah. unexpected, but it was it was cool. It's uh, it's quite a bustling town during that time so going back to your youtube stuff now yeah you haven't uploaded for well, for a while let's put it that way yeah yeah so what is the immediate to long-term future of where you see your channel going what <laughs> content are you thinking of putting out there for the world to see well um it's kind of up in the air i like being able to have a channel uh available because you know as an artist you kind of need a place that you can put up visuals other than Instagram or TikTok. So it's nice to be able to have that uh, for original stuff as well. Although those uh, most of the subscribers I have, because I can see all the analytics are are not necessarily interested in original music, which is totally fine. <laughs> it can be a blessing and a curse. Yes. Oh yeah, Google controlling that is is a lot of information. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I got. Um, I'm going to do a collaboration with a friend of mine who's. He's a UK, uh, he's, he's in Spain, but he's a UK artist. Um, I, he, we just emailed this week, we're going to do a collaboration. So that'll probably be the first thing I post in a while. Oh. His name's Lee, Lee Townsend. Do you know? Um, weirdly enough, I actually uh, did a similar thing to this last year before I went away for the summer. And he was actually uh, uh, one of the guests I had. Uh, on. Oh, that's awesome. So me and him had a about a 90 minute conversation about <laughs> his stuff. And weirdly enough, because I follow him on Instagram and saw that he followed you and I was tempted to send him a DM literally this morning thinking, guess who I'm speaking to later today. So that's actually, that's so funny. yeah, that's <laughs> actually crazy. That is crazy. It's a small world. Yeah. So how did you get involved with him? Yeah, it was, it was forever ago. He, um, he reached out probably the first time in 2020 so um when i was posting a lot just because i was home all the time and i yeah, had yeah. the space part of the reason i haven't posted is just because i don't have the setup for it and yeah. like the loud noise from the highway which we're getting pretty lucky today but don't they do those muting blinds that mutes the sound on the outside yeah they do it look they do an okay job but they're not like if i'm looping and my microphone picks up a siren yeah. or even loud cars it's kind of it, it just ruins the loop and I have to start over and it's already, anyway, I'll figure it out at some point. I just haven't done it yet. Um, yeah, yeah. But he reached out, Lee reached out maybe 2020 yeah. while I was posting a lot and he wanted to do like kind of a collaboration post yeah, yeah. about with a bunch of different people. It didn't pan out that time, but we've kind of stayed in touch and he reached out right after I moved to London. And again, it's taken a little while, but we're, uh, yeah. we're planning on something now. So it took a little while, but we're going to get it. It's going to be great.
speaking of uh instagram and tiktok and that sort of thing people that follow you have seen like you have also discovered uh chat gpt yeah. along with everyone else in the world in the, in the past two months uh, did you discover yeah. chat gpt when it was known about with educational stuff or did you like come across it in a, in a completely different scenario i honestly um i remember i saw maybe two videos about chat gpt being able to I don't, it wasn't right. It wasn't music related. It was just being able to like, it was like writing prompts for videos or like, yeah, yeah. you know, coming up with a strategy for posting or something like that. And I'm like, Oh, that's cool. That's, that's AI. I wonder what it can do. And yeah. the very first video I posted about that was like the very first time I ever asked it to write a song. So I was very curious. Um, what, what will it do? What will it do? And, and it was, I mean, it's, pretty wild how fast it came up i um i i talked to people about it and i think that a lot of people are scared that it's going to be like the death of you know creativeness and stuff like that but you know i think if you can utilize it correctly it won't be the end of everything but yeah people say that about everything new don't they i'm sure that they said it about like every social media platform you can possibly think of but when, when it first came about and obviously you know it depends on the way you use it if you use it for good then obviously it can, it can be great and obviously if you use it for other stuff it's less <laughs> you've been typing in right a song in the style of like harry styles or, or whichever that thing was yeah. so in like the musical sense songwriting yeah. is a very collaborative process so do you think that's not that it will immediately, but do you think over time that Jack GPC will diminish the need for collaborative process? I think it's uh, hard to say. I think that um, in my mind, it's not going to replace it ever um, because people will still want to create regardless. But um, I think it's going to be a, it's, I think it's a great tool. And I think if, like you said, if you use it properly, it, it could be beneficial. Um, if it, I could also see it easily getting turned into a crutch for a lot of people, uh, which is not necessarily a good thing. But at the same time, maybe some people are are really bad with coming up with lyrics, but are great coming up with melodies. And then being able to write lyrics on the spot about because you know whatever, but then you have your own melody because it, it ChatGPT doesn't come up with the melody, but there are other AIs that will write a melody for you. So I just stay away from those because. It's, it's over my head and I'm not trying to pay a monthly fee to get someone to write a melody for me. Um, I think it's going to be a good tool if you can use it properly, but it kind of, like you said, it, it depends on how it gets used. What do you think? Didn't George Orwell write 1984 and say that technology is going to take over? <laughs> and to a certain extent, I can't say that wasn't completely fake. Ter Terminator, Skynet, it's going to take over the world. <laughs> I guess it just depends on what scenario it's in, which you can probably type into GBT yeah. saying what scenario does blah, 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 blah. I guess it's just a case of wait and see what happens, see what sticks, see what people forget about in a month's time and just see what happens. Yeah, and let it grow on its own in, on the internet. Probably. This morning from your Instagram feed, I saw that a, a particular song had hit 600,000 listens. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Spotify streams. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah. It's um, that's one of my songs from Volume One, but I wrote it back in 2015. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in 2015, I decided to do a song a week for the year. Oh yeah. I would write, re write, record, and release a song a week for a year. So I did 52 songs in 52 weeks, like because I was like, 
this is going to keep me motivated to write songs. This is going to uh, work on my craft. Uh, and so it's a song called Last First Kiss, and it was written about my wife and I. And, yeah, we recorded it with that label I worked with for a little bit, and it sounds – I love the way it turned out, and people have liked it. So, yeah, hit 600,000 yesterday. So it's pretty exciting. <clears throat> it's no million, but we'll get there eventually. <laughs> I can, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and so then you've released your third EP. Yeah, yeah. I just released it. Um, these are these little EPs are kind of turning into uh, just for fun again. It's like what I do music for, and so this was this was all about cities I've been to. Yeah, yeah. And I liked, and yeah, it was fun to record. It was fun to make. It was fun to yeah. Volume three, one, two, and three. Yeah. Speaking of travels, so you live in London, you've been to Edinburgh, as we've said, and these are European places, right? Or scattered all over wherever you feel like it. Yeah. Well, uh, most of the places we've been to are in Europe, so that's, okay, yeah. up, that's where I end up writing songs about. Yeah, all the, the cities are European-based, except for one is D.C. or Alexandria. It's in Virginia, but it's just outside Washington, D.C. Yeah. So... Yeah, we've been doing a lot of traveling ever since we got here. It's part of the reason we like it so much is we're so close and so it's like not expensive to fly to anywhere. We're going to Amsterdam, taking a train to Amsterdam this this weekend. So we're going we're going soon. We went to Warsaw last month. Saw George Ezra. He was great. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, I hope he I hope he's doing all right. Yeah, I saw the news that his thing got cancelled. Yeah. I haven't seen him live. So how was the band you saw last night? Yeah, we saw a band called Lawrence. Okay. Yeah, they, they, were, they were so good. Oh, my gosh. We didn't know them. I don't know their music super well. We got invited by some friends who live in Brighton, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they uh, they said there's this band called Lawrence uh, that's going to be in London. You guys want to go see them? We're like, sure, why not? Uh, I think they're New York City-based or New York based, New York City based. Yeah. And they, oh my gosh, their band is so tight. Yeah, yeah. They got like a horn section and the girl and the guy singers are amazing. Definitely, definitely check out Lawrence. Uh, it's very, very happy music, but it's, it's really good music. Uh, it's really fun. Yeah. They're so good, man. They reminded me of, have you heard of a band called Bastille? Yeah. 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 They're very much the same in that they've got like a horn section and back end singers and dancers and everything. I saw the Matt Reading Festival in 2019, and it was very much happy, like singing and dancing, and obviously one boof boof to Pompeii in it. The big hit, absolutely, yeah. that's awesome. So, with the name of this podcast, everyone has an idea of where they want to get to within their industry, whether or not it it be like, you know being able to perform yeah. for a living or just be able to have a happy balance. So, what would be your like crescendo of where do you want to end up? Ah. Uh, if I'm going to be, if I'm honest with you, Ben, I think I'm pretty close to where I'm like so happy. I am living in London. Uh, we've always wanted to live overseas. I mean, again, if it lasts forever, it does. If it doesn't, it's fine. We're just kind of like going with uh, going with the life, see how, how it goes. And um, so I, uh, I don't perform right now, which is like a brand new thing for me. I haven't played any shows in like eight months or something like that, which is like for me performing for over a decade nonstop, like as my living, it's been a kind of, kind of a relief, honestly. It's like, there's no pressure. I don't have to like learn songs and do these things. So, um, 
I, I write for a company called Songfinch. So they're based based out of Chicago. They do kind of it's it's writing songs as gifts. And so like I I'm writing uh, writing songs every day, and um, that was always my my goal from starting from when I started music was always to be able to write songs as a living. So uh, you know I'm loving it right now. It's it's nice to be able to work my own hours and you know take weekends off if I want and uh, yeah spend more time with my wife. You know so. But yeah, being a songwriter has always been my my dream, and so technically, right now, I'm doing my dream. So it's pretty it's pretty great. Awesome. So now there's only one thing to do, and what do you want to plug? Over to you. Yeah, I guess check out Volume Three that just came out a couple weeks back. Um, it's it's an ode to the cities that have impacted my life. It's uh, check out Lisbon. That's the one everyone likes the most, as far as I know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it was a fun, it was a, it was, I, I don't like the, the term passion project because it seems fake. It wasn't necessarily that. It was just like, I love this. I'm going to write these songs and yeah, working on new music now. Going to release a song for my mother, um, uh, for Mother's Day in the U.S. Cause Mother's Day was yesterday here in the UK. <laughs> so follow you on your YouTube and your, and your Instagram, which is, ChatBT is great fun on your um, Instagram and seeing all your travels and what you're doing, yeah, seeing what Spotify song gets to a million first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a rat race. It's going to take about 10 years. <laughs> so we'll get there eventually. It's a slow and steady. <laughs> have some belief. Yeah. Well, Luke, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on. As I say with all oh my guests, green to beat to a guy who just emailed out of <laughs> the blue. My pleasure, man. Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Luke James Schaefer, it has been a pleasure.